to Tabula Rasa, bitches. Hello, hello. Hello. My name is Allie. My pronouns are she, her. My name is Nick, and my pronouns are he, him. And welcome to season two, episode three of Tabula Rasa, bitches. We're so glad you're here. In Tabula Rasa, bitches, your two co-hosts discuss and dissect Buffy the Vampire Slayer, a show that bonded them together so many years ago. In this episode, we'll be discussing season two, episode three, School Hard. And dear listeners, make sure you listen all the way to the end today because later on we're going to be sharing a special announcement and a preview of something Woo! really exciting happening for the next episode. Yay! So very excited. As usual, we'll do our best to avoid spoilers beyond this episode. Really no promises. But today we'll <laughs> discuss this episode, spoilers and all. So if you have not done your watching for this episode, go do that and come on back. So for today's summary. Principal Snyder has sentenced Buffy on pain of expulsion to set up the upcoming parent-teacher night. Meanwhile, two new vampires have moved into Sunnydale, a cheerfully homicidal maniac named Spike and his spacey girlfriend, Drusilla. They tell the anointed one they'll take care of his slayer problem. Buffy tries to keep her mom from meeting Principal Snyder at parent-teacher night, but the two do meet, and Principal Snyder apparently does not have nice things to say about Buffy. Suddenly, Spike and his goons burst through a window. Buffy and the Scoobies, aided by Angel and Miss Calendar, defend the school. Oh, aided by Angel, Miss Calendar, and Cordelia. I am so sorry, Queen C. I almost left you out. She's, I have a note about this. She's, I consider her part of the Scoobies at this point, but I have a reason for it. I have a reason for oh, it. Oh, you're right. I have a reason for it. You, nope, that's totally a good reason. You're right. Okay. Anyway, so. They face off, aided by Angel and Miss Calendar, defend the school while the parents and teachers hide. Buffy faces off against Spike, fending him off with help from Joyce. Spike runs away, the school is saved, and Joyce is so impressed with Buffy's leadership that she doesn't ground her. The next day, a defeated Spike concedes Buffy will be hard to defeat. He lifts the Anointed One into the morning sunlight, killing him, and takes over as the lead vampire in Sunnydale. Shout out to Buffy Guide, from which the summary was adapted. Brilliantly done, Allie. We were just discussing, before we hit the record button, we love this episode, don't we? It's so good. And I was, as it was starting, I was like, <gasps> we can finally talk about Spike. Oh, I know that we've, yeah. I, I know that we've like really been referencing him this whole time, but like now we can talk about Spike. Oh my God, it's so like, good. And the long cult when he steps out of the car yeah, yeah. and it's just such a great introduction and just like ah, yes everything everything that is spike is just so good it's so good yeah this is um yeah the beginning of a, a never mind i'm not even gonna say anything else it's good it's good welcome spike welcome to the buffy verse I, I mean i think you can say a, the beginning of a long time character whom we all adore yep so yeah i don't know if i always adore no no he was always pretty fucking badass yeah i think mean, there are characters that aren't necessarily good guys but you still enjoy the character so even when they're bad they're good you know what i mean yeah yeah they're good bad characters yeah we felt that way about the master hell yeah yeah it's great so my first note is the quote from snyder so we open the episode Snyder. I have the same quote. I already know it. Talking to Buffy uh, and this other chick we've never met. 
And he says, think of me as your judge, jury, and executioner. <laughs> oh, Snyder. Oh, Snyder. Snyder. So modest. Oh, man. Yeah. I, yeah. I. So we are right out the gate here with really good quotes. And I remember I paused... I paused the episode after I wrote this down and I was like, Nick, we are not going to have one of those episodes where you just write down every quote. We can't do that. It's not going to be efficient, but it's just so quotable. (laughs) This is such a quotable episode. What am I supposed to do? My hands are tied. I did it quite a lot as well. It's very tough not to. And my so my next comment is that so he's talking to these girls at this other this other chick um, who I, I already forget her name. Sheila. But. Sheila, there you go. Even just looking at her, she's got the classic 90s bad girl look. And I'm like, there's no way Buffy's as bad as this. I, come on. I had that same thing written down. Ju- the juxtaposition between the two of them. I know you love your juxtaposition, Allie. Yeah, do, she's the typical bad girl. And she has these, ador- <laughs> Buffy has these adorable little low buns. So Snyder is talking about the two, like, who's, who's the most bad of them. And oh. and we find out that Buffy, no, sorry, Sheila stabbed a horticulture teacher, horticulture teacher with a trowel. And Sheila right. says, no, they were pruning shears. And, Which is worse than a trowel. True. You can do more damage with pruning. In your case here, Sheila. Yeah. No. Yeah. And then all Snyder can say, comparably, is Buffy burned down a school building. That was years Allegedly. ago. That was the end. Uh, long time ago, too. Let it go, right. people. Not even. Not even your school. Not even your problem. That's You're bringing up something that shouldn't even be in the equation. And what can you say about her at Sunnydale? Oh, yeah. Grades aren't great. Skipping school. And it, and he references her getting in fights. I think she stops fights. Yes. You're welcome. Yep. And, oh, so you're not going to bring up the time that she saved somebody who was on fire? Yeah, right. No, right. we're not going to talk about that. So, yeah, I, I was just like, there's just, you just. To have it because well, I, you know, as we were seeing towards the end of last season, I have been siding with the adults a lot because that's where I am in my life, apparently. But at this point, Snyder, I it seems like you have a vendetta against our Miss Summers. I and that just, just doesn't seem fair. I think that, yeah, in the first season, we were like, you know, Snyder has some points, he's not all the way wrong here. This is where right. I start to be like, Snyder, mm-hmm. I am looking forward to the end of season three, is all I'm gonna say. That's all yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, he he's still a great character, but I, I am agreeing with him a lot less. So I have the inaugural question for Allie in this Yay! episode. So Snyder has tasked the two troublemakers, although oh, I would. Oh, one, one last quote from Snyder as he's talking about, uh, you know, what he's sentencing them to me. He's like, your parents, assuming you have them. Or something or yeah assuming you have any I'm like okay <laughs> just getting so harsh yeah Snyder's getting so harsh yeah and potentially yeah what is assuming you what are you saying Snyder what do you mean by that yeah they're so they're so ill-behaved surely they don't have any parents or like what if their parents were like dead or something and they were traumatized yeah. and that was why they had acted right. out how did you Snyder yeah. I don't love how you're acting in this moment. <laughs> so he has tasked the two troublemakers with making parent-teacher night a fabulous uh-huh. success. Uh-huh. Do we think that this is a smart punishment? Okay. I did also have a note on this. I literally said, 
I don't love this idea, but I guess it's fair. Because I do like the idea of their punishment being like giving back or doing something productive, but I I don't see how this would actually turn their behavior around. The goal is to have be... a nice parent teacher night. This is probably not the way to do it. That yes, I yeah I I feel like there's a lot of parents who have you know middle of the road kids who are going to have a weird parent teachers night yeah because these two people are are doing it. I think that. Do you like how I asked you the question and I have my own theory about it? Um, sure. I think that Snyder knows that Buffy actually cares about school and she wants to do well and stuff. And I think that he knows that if he makes Buffy and another girl, like Buffy will do it and do well. Ah, so give her the motivation and have her sort of lead by example. Or, or like maybe he doesn't want her to lead by example. It's just more evidence of him being sadistic. And that's not a bad idea. That maybe putting them together, oh, you know, maybe she'll be a maybe she'll be a comparatively good influence on her. Yeah. Oh, I hadn't. Because obviously that far. she wouldn't listen. I thought that's what you were suggesting. No. That Snyder Snyder had that in mind. Well, I can put a fire under their feet for both of them. But maybe Buffy will still be a good influence on Sheila. No, I meant that Snyder knew that if he t- if he got the two of them together and he said one of you is getting expelled, this night better be amazing. That uh... Buffy would be like, oh shit, I don't want to get expelled and make it happen. But you're saying maybe, and then he and then he'd get the benefit of well, I still get to kick out Sheila. Yes, exactly. Uh... But I like your idea more that he. Because this helps. Uh, this It's hard to say if he's going that far. We, you know, I have suspended my disbelief for worse things. So we can do that here, too. True. I think, you know, true. But there is we were just saying there is some language that he's using that I'm like you are more and more taking away your benefit of the doubt. <laughs> <laughs> I was ready to give it to you. And you're, you're inching there. Yeah, you're losing some cred there, bud. So Buffy and Sheila walk out and Buffy is making plans. She's like clearly invested. And I think it's funny that Sheila just does not care at all. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of your classic. I don't know. And she was probably caught like smoking in the bathroom and like that kind of stuff. Very, very classic bad girl. Classic bad girl. I kind of dig her. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. I would like I liked her outfits and stuff. I kind of liked her style. That was certainly not me. No. Uh, I mean, I did get detention a couple times. I remember not, that. Not total goody too. I remember that, Allie. You were so upset when you got detention the second time. Yeah, because the first time. Wasn't the second time you didn't deserve it? Correct. There was one time where that was just. Yes. Yeah. So sixth grade, I I was indeed blowing spitballs. <laughs> I was being disruptive. <laughs> so, Okay. <laughs> But the second time detention at Bradley Manor Middle School was a serious thing. And spitballs, even even if disruptive, seems like detention to me is you were like defacing lockers or something. I felt like they reserved detention for the worst of the worst. And spitballs doesn't seem that bad. They really don't. Well, also, that was like a first defense kind of thing. It's not like I was a consistently bad student. And no, uh, Miss Disney did not care. She... Gave me detention. 
And I was very upset that first time. I took it very seriously. I was, I had one teacher who looked after me and they make you fill out this questionnaire. Like, what were you doing? Who did your actions impact? What are 10 wow. things you'd rather be doing than detention? Wow. And all these things. It was and just spitballs. It's not that deep. I was answer, answering it all very serious because like the woman who, the teacher who had was doing the detention that day, I had her for the next year. So I was like mortified that this was her first time meeting me. Yeah. Who was, I was it? Very, um, I think she got married and her name ended up changing, but she was the social studies teacher. I liked her a lot. She played Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Oh, I like her a lot too. Miss Williams? Oh, social Oh, no, I was thinking English. Oh, social studies. Not that that is super, super important. But the second time around, we were in the computer lab and the page was taking forever to load. So I was like, I'm just going to pop over and check my email while my page loads. And you weren't supposed to be checking your email. And my teacher, my teacher didn't even, so I was in French class. We were doing some group project or something like that. Madame Lons. Madame Lons didn't even, she was like, I saw it though. And you're not supposed to be on your email. So like, she didn't even want to give me detention. Well, then don't give her detention. Right? Like you are the agent of your own choices. You have discretion here. Yeah. Right? I kind of thought she could have been like, how about you don't do that? But a warning like she could have given me one but so i thought that was totally unjustified because i was doing something productive you know i was being a on top of my tasks and things so then and that's that detention i was actually in detention with a whole slew of people almost like a full classroom and i didn't feel like i deserved it and the teacher's desk had him facing away from us so we all at one point like put our sunglasses on and (laughs) I was like, and then, and this was like a year later. So I was, you know, a little more age, a little more attitudes. So I was like, who's even reading these? So I was like, 10 things you'd rather be doing. And the first one I put was like emailing. Yeah. And <laughs> I thought I was hilarious. And I was like, who do your actions impact? Nobody. <laughs> what are you going to do to make this up to the people around you? Nothing. I didn't hurt anybody. <laughs> Good for you. Yeah. Fight that. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> I felt I felt very tough that day. Oh, that is a good that is a good tangent. I'm glad that we went on that. <laughs> so welcome, Nicholas. Speaking of people who I think would have gotten along with us in high school, Buffy and Sheila split up. Willow comes up. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Willow is who I meant would hopefully get along. I think I, I, I would have loved to hang I, out I'm, with Willow. I'm pretty sure we would be good friends with Willow Alexander. Um, she has great overalls and an adorable t-shirt. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, and she, what is she, what is she, she and Xander have a little back and forth about, yep, I'm a rebel or something. And it was just super cute. She's talking about, she's talking about Sheila and she goes, she was already smoking in fifth grade. One time I, oh, yeah. I was lookout for her. That was so cute. <laughs> so Buffy's talking about how she's the slayer. She is extenuating circumstances and it's not fair that yeah. she is all this, like, she's right. Like that. Yeah, she has a quote. She says, think any other Slayers had to go to high school? That is an excellent question because she was only called, no, so she was called like her freshman year of college, whatever, or high school. So like, who was this, the 16-year-old before her who I guess was slaying in the early 90s? Yeah, yeah. Because it would have been between 
the second slayer that Spike killed. So it'd be in the there's a patch patch between the seventies, eighties, and early nineties that presumably there was a slayer, maybe maybe multiple. Yeah, maybe in a different country though. Yeah. But yeah, so it's interesting to think about yeah, what did they do all day as slayers? Yeah. If not school. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I don't know. Mm. We'll have to find somebody write a yeah, somebody write some canon comic books about that. Ooh, I like that I'd a lot. I'd be interested to leave that. Not me, because I don't want to write it, but I'd love to read it. Xander has a funny moment where he tempts fate here. He goes, as long <laughs> as nothing bad happens between now and then, talking about between <laughs> then and parent teacher night, you'll be fine. And Buffy and Willow both jump all over him. Yes. Are you crazy? What did you say that for? Now something bad is going to happen. Yeah, <laughs> and, and Willow goes, what were you thinking? Or were you even thinking at all? <laughs> Great solidarity. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah. And then he says something else that's like a further jinx. And you're like, oh, Xander, like as they're walking away. And it's like, oh, Xander, come on. Don't you know the rules of life? Come on. Yeah. Yeah. We need to dig ourselves out of this hole. Just stop talking, my friend. Just stop talking. Yeah. Oh, Xander. He could have just, yeah. It's like as if he just added, you know, followed it up with, well, at least things can't get worse. Oh, you sweet, naive angel. I don't like to use the words asking for it. But... Yeah, 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 you're tempting it. That's for sure. So then we cut to that night and we see Spike drive into Sunnydale. Specifically, he drives over the <laughs> Sunnydale sign, which yep. put a pin in it. We're going to come back to it. And just yeah. this scene is so great with this shot of Spike stepping out. The pan up yeah. to his face in vampire mode. He lights a cigarette. There's some rock music happening. Oh, it's so good. I wrote a super sexy entrance for a super sexy vamp. Ain't that the truth? So true. Retweet that also, one. Also, fun, fun factoid about Alley Press. I got to see James Marster's band perform. Uh, they are called oh, Ghost of the Robot. And wow. I got to see them perform oh. at Dragon Con. And it was a lot of screaming girls. That is so cool. <laughs> but they were really good. What is the band yeah. called? Ghost of the Robot. Ghost of the Robot. Interesting. Friends, there's obviously going to be a link to their Spotify page on of course. social media. And you can listen to James Marsters, a.k.a. Spike, sing. It's a very talented cast. Anthony Stewarthead, a.k.a. Giles, also has an album. I didn't know that either. That turns out most of the Buffy crew can sing. And if you're wondering why I knew that. Well, you'll find out. You'll find out. Okay, Allie, what's the next scene? So so Spike walks in to the warehouse where the anointed one and his cronies are. And this very dramatic vampire is talking about the feast of St. Vigius. And I'm like, and I literally wrote, who the fuck is St. Vigius? Which is a great question. We only sort of find out who they, who that is. And Spike walks in and says, who do you kill for fun around here? Yeah, this guy. Just the contrast between the two attitudes is so good. Oh, I yeah. went down a rabbit hole trying to figure out who St. Vigius was. I was like, surely there is something in mythology that Buffy just borrowed from for that. Nope, can't find anything. I <laughs> think they just made it up for this, which is weird because they never come back to it. Uh, well, they bring it up later, and it's this weird, super vague thing of why it's important because they're acting like it's this huge, important thing. 
So it sounds like he even references it as like the night where most powerful. And I'm like, really? I feel like it would come back around if that were true. Right. Maybe they're like moderately more powerful. I don't know. Yeah. Who knows? I have a fun fact about the anointed one. Ooh. So never mind. I have to reference something that happens later on in the episode. I'm going to save it. I do have another note, though. So the cocky vampire is talking about, oh, it's going to be the greatest event since the crucifixion. It's got, it's yeah, since the of- crucifixion? That's a really big comparison. <laughs> That's really, you're, really. Your night out in Sunnydale, in Sunnydale is going to compare to the crucifixion. Right. Okay. Wow. Okay. Um, and I love how I love Spike making fun of him too. Here, he's like, <laughs> if everyone who said they were at the crucifixion actually was, it would be like Woodstock. Yeah, I loved that because that's not something I would have thought about. Of you know, what's the feather in a vampire's cap? What's something that the tall tales that other vampires tell? But that's a really funny one. I'm like, yeah, I was there when Christ died. Blah, blah, blah. I, I love a tough it. guy, like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. And he's like, it would have been like Woodstock. And he's like, at Woodstock, I actually was there. Fed off a flower child and washed my hand move back and forth for an hour. <laughs> <laughs> he got high. That's what he I did. loved that. I love that. That, that, would, that would have been fun. I a love... whole bunch of people not resisting you biting them. <laughs> I love in this... Slow moving target. Sorry, go, go on. <laughs> no, we can keep talking about being high and being fed on... <laughs> So behind Spike comes Drusilla. We're in the same scene, and Spike's face yeah. goes unvampire. I love that. It's so sweet. Just he just immediately this, goes soft. Yeah, it's so telling about their dynamic. He just cares for her in this really weird way, and yeah, his whole physicality immediately changes. And it's so lovely. And they're doing this show don't tell thing that Buffy does so well, where you see that you quickly learn. She's clearly weak. She's psychic. She's crazy. She asked the guy, like, do you like daisies? Mm -hmm. What? He's like, what are you talking about? Spike takes his coat off for her and it's Right. And he's all and he is immediately take like caretaker, like, sweet, you should be up and moving. And so you like you said, you immediately get, okay, this is their relationship. This is their dynamic. And Again, oh, just a wonderful, this guy who walks in, immediately talking about, all right, who are we going to kill for fun around here? And then, oh, sweet, what do you need? Oh, my coat, blah, blah, blah. And you're just, ah, I love it. I love the three-dimensional stuff of all of this. And so she walks in, and she sees the anointed one. She goes, this one, this one has power. And I just wrote, does he? Does he? Are you does, sure? Does he? Like, everyone's acting like he does, and I have yet to see anything. Even, the, yeah, yeah, his... Yeah, the anointed one storyline is, I think. Is... And that's why they kill him at the end. Yeah. So now I can say my fun fact. Spoiler alert, he dies at the end. Right. They. So We said that in the summary. Oh, my God, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, that's not news. Oh, my God, you're so right. Not news. That's funny. <laughs> Oops. Also, if they watch the episode, then they know. Well, okay, whatever. I'm going to give my fun facts. Stop, <laughs> Stop it. Um, He, per the internet... The anointed one is sitting, and part of the reason they kill him off is because the actor went through such a growth spurt that they were like, ah. crap, vampires aren't supposed to age, okay. and he's clearly growing. 
Yeah, that is a tricky thing with young actors. Yeah, yeah, they're going to get big. Got to watch it on Game of Thrones, like, yeah. over one summer break, and you're like, holy shit, you grew two feet. Right. Yeah. But they were allowed to grow because they were not vampires, so I yeah. get it. Okay, oh, Interesting. It is interesting when the just, like, basic facts of life then affect the, the story, but I think they did a really good job of it. Yeah, and it worked out because I mean, nobody from... likes the United States. <laughs> yeah, well, because even from last season, they make this big old deal about him. I mean, he does nothing. Right. Buffy was walking to go meet the master anyway. She didn't need the anointed one. And he didn't. It's not like the anointed one showed her to a new place. She knew how to get there. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Bye, anointed one. Love you. Good work. <laughs> Bye. Uh... Oh, I have a note. I feel like Spike's scar fades over the few seasons. Over his eyebrow? This, yeah, he has this very prominent eyebrow scar. And yes, it's definitely still there through all the seasons, but it's like a very stark white yeah. compared to his skin tone. And I feel like it eventually just becomes visible, but more skin tone. I think you're right. I think it does fade. I was paying attention to it because I was looking at other... So he got... Well, according to Buffypedia, he got the scar from the one of the slayers that he killed. And I had like just read that detail, so I noticed it. But I was like, that does seem very prominent. Yeah, I noticed it because it was bright on his middle of his face. I'm like, yeah, he has a scar, but like that. It's like the one random episode where Angel's weirdly pale. Yeah. Like, did you just decide randomly to change things up one day? Right. Oops. Different. It was a sub makeup person to it. So the next scene, it's Buffy in her room. She's doing some sort of skincare thing. And she goes, but her mom walks in and Buffy goes, I spent a good part of my allowance on this new cream rinse. And it's neither creamy nor rinsy. <laughs> and Joyce goes, life is hard, dear. <laughs> Don't I know it? So true. Well, then they get into a really serious conversation because Joyce is like, what's this thing about parent-teacher conference? Am I going to like what your teachers have to say? And she's like, ah. And then Joyce says something. She says, I just don't want to be disappointed in you again. And I was like, whoa, 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 yeah, whoa. Yes. We're throwing around the D word? Okay. I, I'm going to read you verbatim what I wrote, Allie. We are in the same wavelength. I wrote, let me find my note. I wrote, let's process this scene, five exclamation points. <laughs> if a parent is going to come to me and use big words like disappointed, I'm going to need to be very thought through versus spur of the moment like it seems Joyce did. Joyce, it's either Joyce, either we can be very engaged and know everything about our daughter's grades and be super, but we do not get just get to drop in here and drop big yeah. words like that. No, don't love that. Don't love it's that. It's rough. It's rough. I try to see it from her side of like, you know, parenting a kid who burned down a building. See where that would be tricky. And she doesn't, uh, again, devil's advocate, other side, I guess, like, she's very calm. It's not. She's kind of laying out basic facts because it's not like she didn't burn down a building. She did. And she did get kicked out of school and they did have to move. But it does a little bit feel like, which is like, well, you know, we need to move and start over. Okay, how many times are you going to throw that in my face? Right, right. And it was just thrown in her face earlier that day, too. Right, right. Exactly. So uh, I do. But, like... but she, I guess, on Joyce's side, Buffy made the choice not to go tell Joyce. She did not offer the information. Joyce had to come ask for it. I did relate to that when my parents found out about something that I didn't want them to know about. And that just yeah. like, damn it, I'm in more trouble now than I would have been 
yep. the gamble did not pay off. I had the value exper- valuable experience of being the younger child. So I saw <laughs> how upset it made my parents when my older brother was not forthcoming about if he was like struggling in a class or, so, or whatever. And they would specifically say, they're like, well, you said all year, all semester that you were fine. You were doing great in your classes. So then we were surprised by your grades at the end of the semester. So if you'd just been honest with us. So like when I was struggling in astronomy, I was like, I don't know. I might get a C. This is a really hard class. And they were ready for it. Yeah. 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 But hooray for curving because I got a B. Yeah, you did. Good for you. Man, astronomy. It was so fucking hard. It's so much math. No one told me I was going to be math. That's so cool. I thought it was just going to be like planets and shit. That's a cool class. Yeah. Yeah. And that, I remember I had that science teacher for a class. Yeah. He was a tough teacher. He was a good teacher, though. Shout out to my astronomer friends because you're all, your brains are so big. Yeah. Brilliant. Brilliant people. Okay. So we have the next scene. Are you ready to move on to the next scene? Yes. Okay. So Buffy's after school or during lunch or whatever, and they're painting the signs. And I said, overall, well, overalls while painting. Buffy gets it. <laughs> That's what I always wore to see, to like set build days. I always wore my overalls and they are like so many different colored paints from different sets and stuff. Because that's what you wear when you're painting or doing crafty things. You wear your overalls. Oh, that's kind of charming. I don't do crafty things, so I wouldn't know. But <laughs> good. I'm glad Buffy gets it. I'm not surprised she that it. she gets it. So I like in this scene, Buffy asks Willow for help with French. And they decide they're going to study at the bronze. And Willow is like, are you sure you want to do that? And Buffy's like, yeah, I, you know, do a little studying, do a little dancing. I've made that mistake before of being like, I can study with my friends. That's okay. I can't study no. with my friends. Can't do it. No. Bad idea. Yeah. It's a bad, it's a bad idea. Also, I don't know. I just, I always study better by myself. Well, on kind of relatedly, I'm going to shout out my friend Macy here who listens a lot. Hi, Macy. Macy got me through grad school, a class, one of our first classes in grad school together, actually several classes in grad school together. She would quiz me. The day of the exam, I would go into these little quiz sessions with Macy, not knowing a damn thing about what was about to be on the test, just because I was a bad student or something. And I was in grad school, so I probably should have had better studies. Whatever. I got my degree with a 4.0, so it doesn't matter. Cut that part out. Nobody needs to know that. But Macy... <laughs> I was going to give you more grace that you were so overwhelmed with everything that you had to do in grad school that some things had to, you know, something's got to give. We'll go with, yeah, that sounds better. Yeah. Well, thanks, Macy, for helping me get that master's degree that I don't go need Macy. and I'm still paying for. It's fine. <laughs> go, Macy. Oh, before they go to the bronze, I noticed there's some paint on Buffy's cheek. It's like, yes, and the paint on the cheek, so you know she's been working. <laughs> True, that is a good sign. Also, also, how good are Xander and Willow's friends? Yeah. Helping her paint the signs and stuff. Yeah, I love it. It is really sweet. Good friends. Giles and Jenny come in. Giles is talking about the Night of St. Vigius and they're very doomsday. And Buffy's like, sorry, one crisis at a time can only do parent-teacher night right now. And Giles goes, you know what happens when you let your life interfere with your slaying? Giles? Giles? I loved her response, though. She's like, what? And what happens if I get kicked out of school? Mm, yep she was like really quick with that and i was like yeah giles what what are you gonna say to that Hmm? are you gonna take her in when joyce kicks her out of the house i don't think so well maybe but yeah still yeah that's a really good point it's like okay but let's talk practically yes i get that the world needs to be saved but also i I need to maintain my cover yes correct 
Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Giles, I'm going to let you. I must have heard you wrong. You. I must have. It just must have been a temporary <laughs> thing. Surely. Try yeah. again. Yeah. Surely you weren't telling the 16 year old to just fuck off school. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Not worry about parent teacher tonight. Yeah. Because that's an option for sure. So they're at the bronze. Buffy is attempting to study and shocking absolutely no one. She's having trouble. Mm hmm. Well, a live band is bumping and people are dancing and stuff. Xander's like, oh, come on, I'll help you take a break or whatever. And she's like, oh, he has a point. They go dance. And there's this really cool moment where we're, we're looking at Buffy and, you know, there's like people behind or whatever. We turn, we look at Xander. And when we turn back and look at Buffy, Spike's right over her shoulder. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh. I don't know if I ever noticed that before. Because then when she gets up, he very slowly walks out of the shadow and is very clearly watching her and studying her and stuff. But it was really cool to see him not there one moment. And then he's there the next. Little camera trick. Yeah, yeah. The way he's creeping there is really neat. And the audience for the first time is seeing him. And they're like, man, he's a different vampire. He's like, he's strategizing here. He's learning. Oh, yeah. I just love that the premise of her going to the bronze is that she's there on the off chance that Angel will show up. And I have done that so many many times. times. So many times. I've wasted so many nights being like, maybe if I, oh man, Mm -hmm. relate to you, homegirl. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) I uh, I was a prodigious stalker in my my days. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I had, there was one guy in middle school. We had, it was a group of us who fangirled over him. And we had a schedule memorized what? so that it was just like you pick up on things. Especially when it's somebody you like. <laughs> yeah. You just find yourself. I don't know. It's not like I put in effort. It was just like I unconsciously track him. So I notice when he's consistently in the same place. And so we realized that there was a one of the color days that he had gym. And in middle school, it was two floors. And so the upper floor actually looked over into the gym so we had lunch when he was in gym and we would just really slowly walk by the windows oh my god to watch him and off recording you have to tell me who this is because <laughs> this is amazing so same same guy i actually saw him at the renaissance festival last year he didn't reckon I, at least i don't think he recognized me but i was while i was working at the leather shop and i was like well if you're gonna see your middle school crush it's nice if you can be in your skimpy leather outfit. So. <laughs> this is kind of best case scenario. Oh, that's so funny. Oh, man. <laughs> wow. that's a, I love that there were multiple people colluding in this. That's, oh, my, yeah. that's yeah. my favorite part about this. I mean, I was probably the most enthusiastic of the group. Yeah. You know, surprising no one. <laughs> but there was like three or four of us that were just like, that's fantastic. I have guesses on who else was in the crew, too. I'll ask you about it. I think you probably know. I you think I probably do. <laughs> um, so this is another Spike is smart moment where he engineers. So he he goes to a vampire. He goes, go get something to eat. Okay. So the vampire walks out, presumably, to find somebody to kill. And then Spike goes within earshot of Buffy and their crew. He goes, where's the phone? I need to call the police. There's some guy trying to bite someone. Yeah. And Buffy hauls out of there. As as she should, because she doesn't have the benefit of us of, of knowing the whole situation. And it was very, I was like, oh, okay, so he's just confirming 
and drawing her away from the rest of the group. Okay. It was, yeah, it was just like a very smart, very well executed plan. Yeah, it was. And clear, clearly leaving his guy up for the slaughter. Doesn't give a shit about that guy. No, it, no, not at all. He, the guy puts up a pretty good fight though. I like this Slayer quip right before she starts kicking his ass. She goes up to the vampire and the vampire looks at her and, and goes, Slayer. And she looks back at him and goes, Slay. Oh. And then he gets slayed. <laughs> yeah. And I love, she's starting to fight the guy. And she's like, a steak would be nice because she sends uh, Xander Willow to take the girl back into the bronze. And so we see Xander rush in and he's going, digging through her bag to find her steak. And you see like a notebook or something. And then you see him pick something up and like quickly drop it. And you see it's a little tampon. But it's like, that would never be the situation because it was a loose tampon. It wasn't in the packaging. You could see it was, you know, two inches of white cotton and a white string. And like, it would never be loose. You would never put a, you would never keep a tampon loose in your bag and then put that up your <laughs> vagina. You just wouldn't. So it's just like, okay, I guess that was just a little movie thing because if it was in the plastic and stuff, maybe you wouldn't know that that was a tampon. Trying but it was to play like, up the hilariousness of Xander. Yeah, like, ew, guy, tampon. So that's how I, I used to keep you out of my backpack. Yeah, I would say that there was girl stuff in there. Now it wouldn't stop. Well, now I wouldn't go through your things. I might go through your things. <laughs> you might go through my things. A tampon but wouldn't now, stop me. But now you're enough of a feminist and worldly that you wouldn't be scared off by feminine hygiene products. No, everybody, yeah, everybody needs menstrual products. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, hey, we've gotten, we've progressed in the world. They actually show red liquid in period product commercials now. So we're Good getting real stuff. progressive. <laughs> getting, yeah, we're getting that world. We're almost, yikes. Oh, I so this is world. a really, this is a really cool fight. She has a, um, a really awesome, he's like got her pinned or something and she has a really cool kick where she kicks like up and hits him in the head with her foot and really impressive range with that leg. Yeah. Yeah. I I wish Spike were intimidated, but unfortunately he's just he was not more excited. Yeah. In fact, he's overconfident and is like, I'll catch you on St. Fijius. Yeah. Yeah. He says, I'll I kill you on. Yeah. What happens on Saturday? He's like, That's when I kill you. Yeah. Thank you. This is a tragic moment. So right after this, we see Sheila, the other about-to-be-expelled girl. She walks out of the bronze with two men, one of whom I'm like, girl, get it. Absolutely. The men get picked off, and then we see Spike with Sheila, and I just wrote, God damn, I liked her. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's unfortunate. But you know, vamps gotta eat. Things happen at Sunnydale, Th don't Things they? happen. Um, so they're there. So they're in the library the next day. Buffy's catching Giles up on what's going on. Am I skipping ahead? Did you have notes? Nope. More notes? Okay, cool. So Buffy's saying, yeah, he just walked away. And Giles says, that's unorthodox. And Buffy says, maybe he's reformed. <laughs> <laughs> that is definitely a joke that I did not catch. Yeah. The first few times. First however many times around until this time because I was not as versed in Jewish sects at the time. So for those uninitiated or not in the know, there are different versions of Judaism and stuff. There's Orthodox and there's Reform. And so if you are unorthodox, perhaps you are Reform Jew. So it's just, wow, why are you Buffy? Buffy's up on her 
Yeah. Mo- modern Jewish religious sect. Uh, hey, and she's quick on her feet too. That piece so, so was quick, in so like quick. all of the trivia section. And I'm glad <laughs> that that line is appreciated because it's brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, there's some, after four years in a Jewish sorority, there are certain things I pick up on now. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. So Giles then goes, oh, he can't be any worse than any other creature you faced. And then Angel is suddenly there out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah. And he goes, he's worse. Once he starts something, he doesn't stop until everything in his path is dead. Ominous. Yep. And then Xander. Yeah. How this... does he? Yeah. So many questions for Angel. How did you know that they were hanging out here? Why? Why did you come now? Why didn't you call ahead? Just so many. Nope. So just many pops up out of nowhere. Yeah. So they all kind of talk more. It's like a big week for Buffy parent teacher night. She's trying not to die on Saturday. And then Giles asks Angel for more information and he's gone already. Yep. Just like, dude, come on. Yeah, I know you're probably spooked because he's from your past too. But yeah, like, but how you? How about you stick around and be productive? We're not going to be helpful at all here. Yeah, we're not going right. to be helpful. And then yeah, this... there was definitely more. Like you, could, like he comes in and talks about how what big of a deal Spike is, and then doesn't stick around to say, okay, well he's hanging with this other vamp, Drusilla. Yep. She's, you know, like there's no. By the way, he's killed two slayers. Weaknesses. Just so you know. Right. Like maybe you could. Yeah, I I agree with that. Although they. The moment, there's a cute little moment, although I'm like, why would you bring this up in front of everybody? But Buffy's like, oh, I thought, uh, yeah. Well, she said maybe you'd be at the bronze. He was like, yeah, but you said maybe you'd be there. You sounded like you were only maybe. She's like, don't you know when a girl says maybe, it means definitely. And it's like, well, you know what? You were both playing coy. You were both trying to be cool. It never pays to be cool. Just say what you want. I'm so bad at playing cool. I, because I'm not, I'm just not cool. Yeah, I'm not cool. Yeah, I just, I'm like, wanna... I want to see you. I would rather, yeah, the thought to me that the person was unclear about what I was asking for would mm-hmm. e- eat at me. I want to be, and then you can reject me. Right. That's fine. That's like, right. then I'll know and I'm good and I can, you know. Yeah, I really don't really relish in the, ooh, will they, won't they, or blah, blah, blah. Because yeah. then it's like, well, I'm just going to be disappointed when you're not there because I was unclear. Right. I'd rather like, well, at least I made my end clear. Yeah. You I hate anticipation. With... The anticipation right. of not knowing. Hate it. Hate it. Don't yeah, like it. you do what you will with the information I provide. Yep. Oh, but then Willow has a great quote because they're talking about the night of St. Vigius and it's sounding like it's going to be a big fucking deal. And Xander says, well, well, we, can't we just run? And Willow says, we can't run. That would be wrong. Can we hide? She's <laughs> <laughs> such a cutie pie. Oh, she is a cutie pie. Um, I like this quote from Xander as Angel Ghosts. I brought this up for some episode last season. No, no, it was last episode I brought this up, right? Xander I don't know. says, What are you bringing up? Xander says, oh, Damn it. Where is it? Oh, Xander says, Okay, that's it. I'm putting a collar with a little bell on that guy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you did bring that up. It is. It's this episode. It's very cute. And then Willow starts doing the meh because they say, cause... Willow, don't do it. Willow, don't do it. Yeah, because so Buffy and Angel are having their little, well, you said, blah, 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 I was being cool. Don't you know? Haven't you been dating long enough? And Willow goes, yeah, you've been dating for like two centuries. Even if you only had two dates a year, that's it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And then she goes, oh, why do they call it a mace? It was just another cute, really cute moment. Like, why do they call it a mace? I Listeners, somebody <laughs> Google that because I did not. Um, oh, good distraction. Yeah, Hun, never do the math. Yeah. Never. Not out loud, especially. 
Mm-mm. Don't do it in front of the other person. Yeah. Even in like human years when, you know, oh, you're like a of college and you're both older and blah, 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 but you're dating someone who's like 10 years older. Never do as a like, oh, well, when I was 13 and no. you know, touching yep. my first boob, you were just in diapers. I don't do that. That's yeah. No. Yeah, we gross. Don't wanna... yep. gross, gross, gross. Yep. But what's important is where you are now. Stay in the now. Good advice, Allie. Not that I take it, but, you know. So what we see the next scene, they're in, um, it's Drew and Spike and another person in the, in like Drew's bedroom. She's playing with her dolls. Miss Edith is there, friends from Out of Sight, Out of Mind. The doll from that is in this scene. And Drew is crazy. Yeah. She's crazy. She turns Miss Edith around because Miss Edith, she's offended by something Miss Edith, the doll. Although, to, to be fair to Miss Edith, she was already blindfolded. So, and then you're going to add insult to injury by turning her around? You're going to face her away, too. Yeah. Wow, Drew, that's harsh. Man. Yeah, Miss Edith was really sassy to you. Spike references that Drusilla is weak because of Prague, the mob in Prague. I don't think they ever tell us exactly what happened. It's just always like it was a mob and pro. And I'm never very clear. Like, is there magic involved? Was there? I don't think so. But yeah, I don't know why she would have a prolonged weakness. Yeah. Well, yeah. She's certainly weak in the head. Yep. But yeah, that's a really good point because it's like, what kind of illness? I never thought of it that way. They do. Yeah. I... So that that is why magic. Why. That makes sense why you would think that maybe magic was involved. That makes sense. Maybe. Yeah, it could be. Who knows? That is interesting. They do establish that they are specifically in, they, like, Drusilla will regain her strength from the hell now. Like, the magical energy, like, this is a... Yes. And I hadn't I noticed that before. Yeah, neither had I, because I did initially have the, the reaction of, like, why the fuck are they in Sunnydale? But then, like you said, later he says... You know, the hell mouth is going to be good for you. It's going to restore you to strength. And you're like, oh, okay, cool. All right. That an- that question is answered. Yep. Yeah. Because, uh, yeah, otherwise, it's not like he knew there was a slayer. Or I guess he does, he does come to the anointed one, whatever. But still, it's not like he knew an angel was there or whatever. Yeah. Mm, good reasoning there, writers. Good good work. Good work. Good Y'all job. did good it. Good job. You did a good job. So Drew tells Spike, go chant with the vampires, gain their trust, make their friends or whatever. And Spike says, you've got to do me one favor, eat something. And he hands her Sheila, which he takes such good care of her. (laughs) Sweet in a sadistic way. Yeah. Yeah. In his in his way. He's so very sweet. (laughs) So we have the next scene. We're back at the library. They are all preparing for most of them are preparing, preparing for St. Phidias, Phidias Night. And we have this great moment where, you know, everybody's working on either research or Cordy is carving steaks. And I was like, okay, there we go. Someone's making steaks. We see someone making steaks. Yeah, hey, yeah. Allie has her answer. answer. I felt so vindicated. And then we have this great moment. Um, again, just like what's great about Buffy. So we see Buffy with this big, almost like machete looking thing. And then it pans down. She's cutting veggies for parent-teacher night. <laughs> <laughs> Just with a big-ass machete. Yeah. Yep. It is really funny. There's a really great Cordelia quote here. She goes, she doesn't need this many steaks. I mean, if this guy, Spike, is as mean as you guys say, it should be over pretty quickly. <laughs> We're all still rooting for you on Saturday. I'd be there myself if I didn't have a leg wax. Cordelia. Ah. Mm. Oh. I love you so much. 
Um, and this is why I think that she's officially a Scooby. The fact that she is giving up her time. There's no other pretext for her being there. Yeah, other than absolutely. just a little stakes. I did have that that thought. I didn't make a note of it of, oh, and Cordelia's just there. Not that they have a text chain back then, but she's clearly on the phone tree or whatever, or passing notes in class or after school or whatever. Because, yeah, she's there. And that is, that is really interesting to think about, like, the connective tissue that not only does she know, because clearly she's been attacked enough times, she knows that there's shit going on, but now she does give up her, her time to be there. Yeah. And and nice to see the character development that we saw in the last episode carry through. Yeah. Love her. Love her. So Buffy's still doing setup. She's doing some punch. Turns out it's like lemonade. And Willow tries it and she's like, oh, how much sugar did you put in? Turns out she didn't put any sugar in the lemonade. <laughs> Big mistake. And then Willow goes, oh, it's it's great. Willow, lies <laughs> help nobody. <laughs> yeah, Allison Hannigan's facial expression where she tries it is so, so good. Yeah. She's yeah. like. <laughs> but yeah, it's like. Who's that helping the rest of the evening? Now everyone is going to have that experience of sugarless lemonade. Have really nasty lemonade, yeah. Well, Kids, don't lie. It doesn't help anything. Willow does cover for Buffy here in a really great way. Um, Joyce shows up and Buffy sees Snyder about to come over and intercept her. And, and Buffy's like, oh, you have to check out the library. Mm-hmm. And Willow and gets Willow to take her away and distract her from, keep her away from Snyder. Yep. Willow running interference, pretty great. So we're back in the library, and is it Cordelia? Who says even slaves get minimum wage. Cordelia has come out of the library. And oh, she's come joined, out of the library. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. You're like, <laughs> <laughs> sure, Cordelia, sure, sure. Yeah, I well, know you're then, smart. Yeah, and then so Joyce is now back from her tour with Willow, and she's like, hmm. Suddenly, every time I went to a classroom, your teacher was just mysteriously gone. And Snyder comes out and he's like, Miss Summers, I'd like to talk to you. And we see Cordelia and Cordelia Cordelia looks way too happy about this situation. She looks yeah, she does. like gleeful. And you're like, wow, that's that's some schadenfreude enjoyment right there. I love. So Willow has another funny moment here. Cordelia is like, come your 10th high school reunion. I think you're still going to be grounded. And Willow <laughs> goes, Cordelia, have some lemonade. <laughs> yeah that was awesome that was awesome she has so much more backbone than i ever gave her credit for is yeah she really does yeah she sticks up for herself in her own way reminds me of caitlin a lot i was having the exact same thought yeah yeah caitlin. yeah the subtle still nice still a right. delight right will yeah is gonna defend her friends absolutely absolutely and, and defend herself she's like you know i I come off like I don't stick up for myself because I'm super nice, but I draw lines. I got my boundaries. I know my boundaries. Mm-hmm. Yep. yep. Caitlin, teach us your ways. So we learn where Spike's name comes from, which I don't know if I picked up on that or remembered it, or I guess I just never clocked it before. But he used to kill people using railroad spikes, and that's where he gets his name. So, huh, you sure cool. are a maniac. Yeah. Yeah. That's and good. somehow, because I feel like Spike could easily come off as the name Spike come off as really silly. You know, sometimes you see a dog named Spike or whatever, but it's definitely, it's all in the way you sell it. Yeah. 
Yeah. For sure. And the the fact that he, that that's been his preferred way to kill people combined with the fact that he's young as far as vampires go and he's already killed two slayers, it, we now have a really good picture of just how scary he is. Oh, yeah. The fact that he's killed two slayers when he t- the way, and the way that other vampires look at him when he says that, that's intense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we cut back to the lounge or wherever parent-teacher night is, and Joyce comes back, and she's clearly... Not happy. It is so fucked that Snyder gave, after Buffy put together a damn good parent-teacher night, that he still threw her under the bus. Yep. Yeah. Well, I guess from his standpoint, she may be earned not getting expelled, but just didn't earn not being told on. Ooh. Yeah, you're right. That was going to be the consequence. Yeah. Yeah. It was going to be expulsion. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're yeah. right. Yeah. Also, I think the choice for expulsion was pretty clear when one of them stabbed somebody and the other didn't. I just keep going back to that. <laughs> like, okay, oh, but what's Buffy's offense? Oh, she's she skipped some school. Well, the other girl, she stabbed she somebody. She stabbed somebody. And maybe even multiple people. And like, she's proud of the fact that she stabbed somebody. Right, right. She has also, no remorse. Our, school, our high school didn't have a horticulture <laughs> class. Can we? Definitely did not. For Okay, we glossed over that, but that was, yeah. But okay. you know what? Our school also didn't have a pool. So if they have a pool, maybe they also have a little greenhouse. Not that we ever see the greenhouse, but. Well, yeah, yeah. I guess that's not the strangest thing. You're right. Yeah. So just. Oh, so, so, Xander, so, so Snyder just, you know, decides that the night is over and just starts turning lights out. Just while parents are still there. He makes yeah. no announcement. Okay. Parent teacher night is over. Nope. He just starts turning lights out. <laughs> I'm going to do that at my next party when I want people to leave. <laughs> okay. Good night. Good no, night. I won't even say good night. I no, just turn yeah, lights yeah, off. Yeah. You don't even say anything. You start, you just turn up closing time on your stereo <laughs> and then you just start turning lights out. <laughs> Everybody would be like, message received. Nick. I have all my Got lights it. on my phone too. Paul did something. I don't know how he did it, but it's just like buttons that I'm not allowed to touch the light switches. So that somehow is even better to me. I can just get in bed and turn the lights off. <laughs> where did, where did Nick go? And then just like the lights start dimming. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like that. That that image will make me very happy for days to come. Good, I'm glad. All right, so Snyder's taking it, turning off lights. All right, and Spike decides to crash in literally party. Knows how to make an entrance. He goes, "What can I say? I couldn't wait." Cut to commercial. <laughs> very yeah, then, so and Buffy, you know, picks up the first thing that's that's closer. She throws a chair at him. And he actually goes down, hit by the chair. I'm like, you could have caught that. That's funny. I was impressed. I I almost wrote down the note. I was impressed by her clocking him with that chair. Yeah, yeah. That's I funny mean, she how did. We... It was a very solid hit, but you can only get so solid of a hit with that kind of chair. With the flimsy They're... little chair. Yeah. 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 I thought. <laughs> well, also, he's supposed to come in this now that we've. It, he was. It just really drove home this time around that, like, he's killed two slayers. He's this big, bad angel really talked him up. And then he immediately goes down when hit by, like, a stackable metal chair from a school. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I was like, eh, you could have caught that. Yeah. Um, 
So there's tons of commotion. Buffy's taking charge, ushering people around. Cordy and Willow go hide in a closet. Some of them hold up in the library. They go into the lab. And Willow gets a really solid hit in. There's a vamp going after Cordelia, and she grabs nice. and Willow grabs a bust off the off a shelf and just whams him. And just again, just like really quick thinking, just on top of it, resourceful. Yeah, the scoop is the scoop is getting a lot more. Like, and Xander is facing off a vampire later, while Angel's facing off a different one. Xander's holding his own. They're a lot more for, formidable than I think I took notice before. Yeah, yeah, they're clearly learning. Giles um, sends Xander to find Angel. And then Xander does this thing. He's like, I'm not leaving until you, till Buffy and Willow are safe. And it's like, what are you going to do, Xander? What are you going to do? Huh? What? How are you going to defend them? How about we be a team player here? Go get Angel. Oh, Go that was it. something that I didn't take a note of earlier, but I think I took a note of it. So earlier in the episode, Giles says, uh, Buffy has to fight St. Phidias alone. Or the day of St. Saint, Vidius Saint alone. He says something about that. He's like, we'll help her prepare, but she has to do the battle her own, on her own. And this whole episode essentially shows, and showing, not telling. Yeah. She doesn't fight on her own. And it'll come up, it'll come up again later, like, in force of what really makes Buffy Summers different. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, really true. Yeah. I, yeah, that feels old school watcher teachings that need to not be taught anymore. Like, yeah. Let's, yeah. Let's You're dealing with Summers Buffy for... Summers. She's not the textbook slayer that you were trained about. And thank goodness she's not. Thank goodness. So they're in the lab. The adults are freaking out. And there's a good exchange between Snyder and Joyce here. Snyder like, and Buffy? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Do you want to? Did you write? Oh, I didn't. I didn't write down. I just loved her putting him in his place. Yeah, he's like, I'm the principal. I'm going to do this. Oh, you have the book. Um, yeah, no, no, no. You are exactly right. He goes, you don't tell me, I tell you. And she goes, they will kill everybody in this room. Nobody goes out. Nobody comes in until I say so. Yes, Buffy. I love leader Buffy. Oh, great. It's so good. It's really neat. And I was thinking from Joyce. So Joyce is what you know. Joyce is there. She's so she sees this whole exchange. I don't even know what I would think if whatever she thinks, you know, these people are, why they're attacking the school, whatever their reason is. And then my kid takes charge of the whole situation, leaves me to go like solve this and presumably defend people. Like, I think I would just be flabbergasted. I wouldn't even know what to think. Because it's, yeah, it's not like she's in JROTC or something like that. Or I don't know. So that I would it's just a new side of Buffy we're seeing for the first time. Yeah, yeah, and so it it, un, it makes sense why at, at the end she's like, yeah, I guess I won't ground you. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, she's a little more appreciative than that. But she's clearly impressed, and for good reason. And I would, I, I think I would just be too stunned to do or say or anything because that's just so not what you would expect. That you would never see that coming. Yeah, nice to see somebody else see Buffy's heroism. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, because a lot of the time it is for no audience. So mm-hmm. no, no one who can see it and appreciate it. Mm-hmm. So Buffy's crawling through the air vents and then we cut to Giles and he decides to leave the library and find Buffy. He's like, I'm the watcher. I'm responsible for her. Jenny's like, no, don't go. You'll And then and then she's like, OK, go. And I just think, Giles, that's very sweet that you <laughs> want to go find her. 
But again, we're back to the same kind of thing with Xander. Giles, what are you? Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. He he does have more fighting training and more fighting experience than Xander. He would definitely be fair better against the vampires than Xander. Kind of think, though. Just stay put. Hang out. Yeah. You know? And then it turns out Buffy is already on it and she crashes through the ceiling. So that's good news. Also great. Yeah. And I do love this, uh, the supportive moment of Jenny being like, okay. Like she does, she says once don't go. And then he goes, I have to reinforce this point. And then she, she very calmly goes, be safe, be Mm. careful or Mm -hmm. whatever. It's like, yeah, good partners supporting each other. Okay. It is a good fatherly moment too. I'll, I'll give you that. Oh, I get his instinct. Yeah. Yeah. You don't always have that second thought of maybe don't do that. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, my next note is just I love everything about Spike. <laughs> Evergreen Cause, statement, really. Yeah. Because Bu- Buffy gets out of the, the library and I think we cut to Spike and he's like whistling or he says something like sing songy or so. um, yeah. yeah. It's just I just love everything about you. Uh, yeah he's a scary bad guy and there's so much mystery around him right now you don't know you don't like me and you know ever know him totally but right man the first time viewer oh mm-hmm. so good oh yeah it's just such a great introduction to him and he just comes out so strong which is wild to think so a bit of trivia which doesn't i mean clearly with the amount that we've talked about him clearly he says like spoiler alert this is not his only episode but he was only meant to be in a few, a handful of episodes. And then the writers loved the character so much, understandably, mm. that they were like, let's just make him stay. Which is cool. Fun. That I'm actually ex- happens a surprising amount of time if they really like an actor and they like how they're portraying the character. Uh-huh. It can change. Like a modern example is in Stranger Things, uh, for those watching, Steve Harrington was supposed to be a B character. He was just supposed to be like kind of douchey guy that the main girl is dating. And they love the actor so much and what he did with the character that they kept him around and gave him a story arc. But he was like supposed to die in season one. He wasn't supposed to make it to season two. Neat. And here we are, season four, and he's a fan favorite and everybody loves him. And one of the producers was like, the day that Steve Harrington dies is the day that I leave this show. <laughs> I don't know how seriously he meant it, but he is on the record as saying it. Yeah, that's funny. Oh, cool. Yeah. That that's my cool. goal. That's my goal as an actor is be, be so good they can't let you go. I, it's going to happen, Allie. And then, no, actually, it's not because they're just going to see you once. They're going to see you audition and be like, shit. Now we have to, we have to completely rethink this role and mm-hmm. make this woman star in it. Yep. That's yep. Or they just want me to start from the beginning. You know, Disney Plus, uh, Black Cat TV series. Anyway, I have my plans. We have <laughs> Casting directors don't know about them yet, but I have plans, casting directors. They do now because they're listening to this podcast. Oh, so that's right. Hi. I await your contract for Black Cat. Yep. Sounds good. Disney Deal. Plus. Yeah. Deal. So there's like a good bit that happens. There's this moment with Sheila is there. She's turned into a vampire and they like Buffy kills the vampire. They were going to attack together and scares her off. The interesting part here is when Angel has gotten to the school. Yeah. And he has Xander under his arm. Yep. And Xander says, I knew you were lying. Undead liar guy. (laughs) That was really funny. 
and and before before that we see Joyce smack you know kind of give it to, oh, to Snyder yeah which is great because he's trying to be all macho and she's like Buffy said to stay here yeah and, yeah and then another teacher crawls out the window and immediately dies and dies yeah yeah, yeah just exactly. the toxic masculinity from Principal Snyder I cannot such, such idiocy such arrogancy but yeah Stupid so then man. we have Angel well at the time you don't know if he's posturing or if he's excited to have a new fr- to have his friend back in his life or whatever and i have the note i wonder if angel has just a little bit of fun playing angelus like even Ooh. if there's just like a part of he doesn't like xander anyway yeah true and i, I wonder if just for a moment it's nice to just let go and be the soulless creature that doesn't have to be concerned getting to be bad for a bit you know as an actor if you get to play a villain or something it's fun getting to like cuss and be mean and yell at somebody with no consequences yeah yeah and he's not gonna kill xander he's just gonna he's gonna let him get almost bit yeah and he gets to talk tough and yeah yeah i feel like he's got out he would just just like a little bit of fun that's a good point that's a really good point we learn a lot about Angel in this exchange with Spike, and we still have so many questions as viewers. But yeah, but they... even the characters have have lots of questions. Yeah, because he yeah, mentions they a do. Si- and this is the first we hear of a sire, mm-hmm. which they don't. They will explain later what what it is, but we as audience definitely don't know. And if you're not in any kind of like reader circles or familiar with that, then I didn't. I definitely the first reference I ever heard of Sire was Buffy. Yep, me too. Yeah, so they both lean in to bite Xander, and and then Spike punches Angel, and that's when he goes, "You are my Sire, man. You are my Yoda." Yeah. And... So we also learning so much about Spike because he references. He is clearly up on his pop culture. He references Anne Rice novels, which is uh-uh. a very famous, very apparently. I when I was young and very into my parents, my parents were like. That is for later because I think there's like a lot of sex in it or something. Uh, so he references Anne Bryce. He references Yoda. There's somebody else he references later. And then he and Drew at the end are like, hey, let's go see what's on TV. So Spike is a very different kind of vampire for sure. Very and modern I wrote, vampire. Very modern. And I just wrote, oof, Spike sees right through you, Angel. Yeah. Yeah. I guess the acting wasn't so good, huh? Yeah. Yeah. I guess, you know, he just knows him too well. So um, Angel and Xander run out, a group of vampires follow them, and then it's just Spike and Buffy left. What a showdown this is. Yeah, and Buffy says, I don't think we need weapons, do you? Uh, No, you definitely need weapons, honey. Yeah. I don't, are you going to punch through him? I I don't know what you thought (laughs) you were going to do without weapons. You'll need a weapon eventually, that's for sure. Right. Spike's response to it is funny. He kind of makes fun of himself. He's Uh like... They make me feel all manly. Yeah, I love that. I don't know. So they're having no toxic masculinity from Spike. Absolutely not. He gives. Yeah, I'm not going to say anymore. Yes, right now, right right now. So they fight, and it's super epic. And then Joy, like it cuts to Joyce, who's being let out, like to safety. And then she she turns, and we see her make the choice that she's not going to leave. She's going to go and like make sure Buffy's okay. Yeah, yeah, and it's a good thing she does, right? Yeah, because just as Spike is about to take down Buffy, he gets smacked in the head with an axe from Joyce. Atta go, Joyce! And the best quote, certainly so far in this season, 
comes from Joyce Summers. This is one of my favorite quotes in all of Buffy. Really? All of Buffy. This is one of my favorite quotes. When she goes, you get the hell away from my daughter. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Joyce. It is a great moment. It, I don't think it makes my my top list, but it is a great moment. Oh, it totally one of my favorites. Just the rage you hear in Christine Sutherland's delivery of it. And it just says so much about Joyce's character and oh, yeah. how Summer's women, how strong they are. Oh, I just love it so much. That's true. That's true. There is a lot packed into that little moment. That's just so wonderful. And she leaves quite the impression on Spike. He goes, women <laughs> and he leaves <laughs> so then you know there are, everyone's trickling out of the building joyce says to buffy that all right i don't care what he says has to say about your grades and stuff if this is if my daughter is putting other people first and taking care of people and leading then that's okay with me and buffy's like oh does this mean this is by me a reprieve she's like yeah at least like a week and a half yeah it's great <laughs> I love that. I love that little like humor is super sweet. And then it kind of pans over to, you know, everyone's coming out of the streaming out and teas are coming in. So there's some unnamed guy. We don't know what his official capacity is, but he's talking to Snyder. And he, Snyder goes, I told him not to go through that window. Liar. Fucking asshole. Liar. God. You are actually yeah. sociopath. Yeah. And so the guy the unknown guy is like so i guess the usual story and snyder says what do you have in mind the truth and you're like how many people know snyder knows and snyder knows the whole time which is sadly something that doesn't pay off as much as you'd like yeah but still just a very interesting thing sideline thing to be going on not only is he, I think a lot of people in Sunnydale are probably aware that some, like, this is a weird town, but he knows, like, he knows and is, and is colluding to cover it up. Yeah. Yeah. Which, I mean, I can see viable reasons for covering it up. Again, because, like he said, what are you going to do? Tell the truth? Uh, yeah. What's, uh, what's the town going to do? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I can see his logic there. I think for me in this episode, he has gone from, okay, maybe he's the principal that Sunnydale needs, which is how I kind of felt in season one, Yeah. to this episode where I'm like, no, you're evil. Yeah, like he's not a right, he's not a right, right about the other things in this episode, but this singular point. Yeah, I, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, yeah, how, I don't know how that could possibly go, go over yeah. You know, would they believe you? They probably wouldn't believe you. If they do believe you, then what do you do in post curfews? Uh, we see a version of that later on. It's not the way to go. If and it doesn't like really work either. So right, mm-hmm. yeah, it just make puts everyone in fear, which then puts everyone in danger. So at least now, most people are okay. <laughs> like not everyone. <laughs> not but... the dude who got his neck snapped or whatever by snake. Yeah, but. No, Buffy yeah. told him to stay put, so. Yeah, 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 the guy that snuck out. Yeah, that was on him. Yeah, yeah right, exactly. Uh, so most people have gotten out of Sunnydale High. Willow and Cordelia, however, 
are still in their broom closet. <laughs> and Willow wishes that she was fighting a vampire rather yeah. than being stuck with Cordelia. That look on her face is so fabulous. It's all, it's almost a look of fascination. Because <laughs> Willow, because Cordelia is on her knees praying, bargaining with God, and she keeps backtracking the things that she's like gonna give up and things. It kind of looks like fascination, just like, wow, this is a piece of work. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and I had a very sassy note because Joyce, you know, Joyce is saying she doesn't care if she gets bad grades or whatever. And and what she literally says is, I couldn't care if blah, I noticed blah, blah. that. And I said, no, Joyce, you couldn't care less. Yeah. Yeah. But she I says, I could care less. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I said, but I love your priorities. <laughs> uh, yeah yeah little yeah folks uh, at home if you're trying to say how little you care about something you couldn't care less you could not care less could not yeah. care less if unless you, you want care to care less that right. means you care a lot or you care at all there yeah. is still a degree of care that could be less like I, I care i could care less i could care more so if you're trying to be hyperbolic i couldn't care less there you and, go, folks. and grammar you've been lesson. put on notice. Everybody, do, that'll I be on social media too. I know, no, I always be. notice it. It's in Actually, so no, that will be on social shit. media. That's going to be on social media. Yeah, yeah that's going to be a moment. I always love um, grammar it lesson. is sweet overall, but yeah, we can say, yeah. So the next day at the factory, Spike is, he's been defeated and he says, a slayer with family and friends. That sure as hell wasn't in the brochure. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I do agree. Part of Buffy's strength is her community. I also think, though, that she is not your average slayer. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 I'm not saying that she doesn't have any strength on her own. Yeah. I don't think that's what he's saying either. I just wanted no. to note it for the record. Yeah. yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. But I do think I think that is a big difference. Having a su support structure and having a team to you know, to kind of, to buffer her that was able to, while she fights, get people out of the building, things yeah. like that. And also... And a mom who saved her life. Right. Like, literally. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Which then you think of, like, it goes back to that whole, were they not going to school? Do the other Slayer, the previous Slayers not have family? Did they leave mm -hmm. their family? So many questions. But yeah, it, I think it does really make a difference. And I think we will continue to see, I know we will continue to see the way that it is a team effort. Buffy will come in and say, I have to do this on my own. And then the team ends up backing her up anyway, because they always, you know, they have that urge to be there for her. But also, she usually does need some kind of help she or could, or it, could yeah. use it. She would figure out a way maybe, but she could certainly use the help. Friends make the world go round. You make my world go round, Allie. No. Mm -hmm. And then Spike raises the anointed one into the sunlight and everybody said, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I just, I was watching that and I was like, where's all that power now? <laughs> yeah. Drusilla, you sure he has power? He put up zero fight. None. Yeah. He just let himself be put in that cage. Yeah. And basically none of the vampires stepped up to hell. Yeah. Maybe everybody's kind of over the anointed one. Yeah. 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 Well, and I guess they're all just followers anyway. Yeah. So, so they see that like, he's, yeah. I guess we're following this dude now. Right. Right. 
follower mentality. Come on. Have Come on, some vampires. Spine, Stand on your own. Yeah, you got super strength. Come on. Although I'd let Spike lead me anywhere, so. <laughs> Who am I to talk? I would let your show lead me anywhere. I would get. I'd be so I, frightened. I would follow her. She would be thrilling to have a happy hour with. Can you imagine? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Can you imagine? I would love my first date questions that I go through with all my friends. I would I would love to know what Disney villain she most identifies with. <laughs> Can you imagine her response? That'd be so spacey and yeah. ethereal. And I think uh-huh. it would be great. Oh, yeah. There's a, a lot of lovely, poetical, nonsensical things that come out of her mouth. It's wild. Yeah. Yeah. We'll talk about daisies. Yeah. I don't, I can't keep plants alive either, Drusilla. I feel you. Yeah. <laughs> That's because you, hey, love, but Spike is a good partner, not just being a yes man. He's like, well, it's because you never water them, love. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, That's a good partner. Yeah. You gotta give them honesty. Oh, yeah. You do. Oh, God. That's good. Man. What a great episode. What a great introduction of these new characters deepening understanding of other characters oh just so good yeah i love this episode it's fabulous well i think that about does it for this episode unless you have some closing thoughts i sure do not just my continued love for this episode in the show and for you same same right back at you well thank you so much listeners for joining us for today's episode and we hope you'll join us next time when we discuss Season 2, Episode 4, Inca Mummy Girl. And this episode is going to be a special one, folks. So you are definitely going to want to tune in. Special, Nick? How so? Well, Allie, in the next episode of Tabula Rasa, bitches, we'll be welcoming our first ever distinguished guest, the fabulous Jordan DeYoung. I'm going to have so much more to say about Jordan. She's delightful such a close friend of the pod a dear friend of mine Allie you get to meet Jordan I'm so excited and actually Allie I did not tell you this Jordan is watching Buffy for the first time (gasps) along with this podcast oh my gosh we're gonna get to have somebody's first thoughts recorded that is amazing that I mean of course I love the idea of having audience members who are you know longtime fans like us but I love the idea that we are part of someone's first journey with Buffy. That is so wonderful. I'm so flattered. Oh, my God, Jordan. I can't wait to meet you. All right. Isn't it it fun? Yeah, I'm excited, too. So so this will be fun, and we can't wait for everybody to tune in. Yay! All right. And if you are just too excited to wait until our next episode to chat, send us an email at tabularasabpod at gmail.com. That is T-A-B-U-L-A-R-A-S-A-B-P-O-D at gmail.com. You can also say hello to us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook at at Tabula Rasa B Pod. And we'd be so thrilled if you leave us a rating and review wherever you listen to your podcasts. Because we're delightful and more people should know that. I could not agree any more emphatically if I tried. Um, <laughs> Allie, you left out your social media. You need to tell people where to find you immediately. Um, okay. Well, you can go to Instagram or Twitter and find me at daughterpick, D A U G H T E R P I C K, or 
sign. It just got that's good. Very weird. A little uh, jingle, yeah. Yeah. We're so tired. We're so tired. So, we're both so tired. <laughs> um, but for this episode, I just had so much energy for for Spike. Uh, anyway, <laughs> I came out sounding so weird. All right, all right. Well, if you want to get more weird alliness, you can also find me on TikTok at Future Black Cat, spelled like it sounds. Or if you just love me so much, you want to throw money my way, make it rain for Ali Press, you can go to buymeacoffee.com slash Ali Press. That's A-L-L-I-E, press as in press a button. And toss money my way. Being an actor and being a self-employed actor is a very expensive life. So any and all contributions are greatly accepted and greatly appreciated. That's what I meant. Great. Oh yeah. Hey, hey, both of them. Both of them. Both of um, them. Accepted and appreciated. I do not turn away. I'm just away gonna say, Ali, I was one of the inaugural members of the um, Ali Press Buy Me a Coffee, and it is a badge of honor. And I hope that everybody else joins me in this fellowship we have. Dear friends, all of those social media handles are going to be in the description. Ali, it's a treasure as always. I'm going to get ready to go to sleep, and I hope you make some proud choices. I will do my darndest. And all of you out there, make proud choices as well. Bye-bye. Love you. Tabula Rasa Bitches is hosted by Ali Press and Nick Mercer. With music by Infoton Cult, artwork by Charlotte Fleming Design, and consultation by Evo Terra.